BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast and my guest today, bam, I told you we'd have three dope mountain bike riders this week. Podcast number two is with the man himself, Jack Moyer. He's a avid member of the Gypsy Gang and we've been wanting to make this one happen for a while. Turns out quarantine is a good time to get the boys uh, locked away before they get into their off-season antics. Jack Moyer is a professional downhill and enduro rider. He has one of the coolest styles on a mountain bike, loves riding moto. He put in a sixth-place performance at the World Downhill Champs this year, which is incredible, and he got on the box a bunch of times in the Enduro Championship. So stoked to finally get Jack on. But before we get into that, just got to give a shout-out to our sponsors and go kind of hand-in-hand with Jack because the guys at Lusty Industries had a pretty massive role to play in Jack's early days on the circuit. And uh, our first sponsor is... Albeck Co. Uh, I spoke about them in the Brooke McDonald podcast, but the boys are finally dropping their epic bag company, Albeck Co. And we're very, very, very excited to be a part of it. Personally, for me, Johnny McLean is a guy that has done so much for me. Uh, so it feels awesome to be able to proudly, proudly rep a company that he has founded from the ground up and nobody in the world knows as much about slinging bags as Johnny McLean and the crew at Lusty. So stay tuned. We're going to be dropping uh, their new stuff when it comes. I've been running their bags since February this year um, and I am excited to get the actual gear bag uh, for Moto, but these dudes are doing bike bags. They're doing everything and I'm just, yeah, I'm super proud of not only Johnny, but their whole team and this is going to be really cool to watch it unfold. It makes me feel proud that this kind of level of product is coming out of Australia. So you can follow them on Instagram at albeckco, A-L-B-E-K-C-O for more information as the products drop. We're also brought to you by the guys at Ride Wrap and they are a company that specializes in bicycle protection accessories. They're designed, engineered and tested with proprietary technology in uh, Whistler, B.C., but they're also producing in mountain bike communities around the world. And that means the work is being done by mountain bikers. They want to not only get the product out to the riders as quick as possible, but also play a big part in supporting riding communities around the world. This is really a by riders for riders setup. And these are the kind of companies that we love working with on the podcast. And they're the kind of companies that are worth supporting as a consumer. If you want to find out more about RideRap, you can head to riderap.ca or you can give them a follow on Instagram at RideRap. They offer different degrees of protection and bike frame kits with self-healing vinyl ensuring that scrapes, wear and chips simply do not make it to the factory paint of your brand new whip. Next, we're brought to you by the legends at Crush Oz. And if you listen to the Brooke McDonald podcast, which I'm pretty sure that you did, you would know that these guys were our first ever sponsor. 
And uh, we just mentioned that Ride Rap is by riders for riders and Crush Oz is absolutely no different. They hail out of the high country in Victoria, Australia. Crush is a family-owned business driven by their passion for riding bikes and the adventures that they take us on. And, man, we've, yeah, we have been with these guys since day one. And uh, I would just recommend you going to crushoz.com, uh, getting their bike care bucket. Uh, it comes with rapid wash. It comes with their premium bike wash. Uh, it's got a drivetrain cleaner in there as well. Uh, and an afterwash, they've got a chamois, they've got like the scrubbing brush deal. I uh, really do take pride in washing my bikes these days and the Crush products definitely make it a lot easier. So crushoz.com. And of course, we cannot get into the episode without thanking our regulars, the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. Damn, I don't know if I need anything from MX Store this week. I probably need to, you know what I do? Actually, I do. I need to go buy a chain breaker and I'm probably going to go do that right now. Uh, mxstore.com.au, they do in-store pickup, which is what I'm about to do. I'll go do that click and collect. But if you don't live in Burley, they got same day shipping. So get on there. That's all you need. We're brought to you by the guys at Boost Oz. You can head to boost.com.au to jump on board with Australia's best prepaid network. That's an objective fact, in my opinion. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crick's Tweed. You can head to crickstweed.com.au if you need to get a new Triton like mine, a new Rano, new Subi. They got it all there. Also brought to you by the glove lord himself, Sammy at Fist. You can head to fisthandwear.com. New stock dropping soon, including new Gypsy Tails gloves, which everyone keeps asking about. Dixon dropped their DBK flannel. So shout out to Twitch and the boys. You can head to dixonquality.com.au. Use the code RAMPTHIEF. Also, thank you to the guys at Rival Inc. I have had a bunch of people asking me about my kit for the 350, but it's just one of their stock kits. So if you go to rivalinkdesignco.com and you go to KDM kits and scroll down, you'll see it on there. We just made some minor adjustments and uh, that's all it needs. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Maxis. I currently, after Rocky, I put the intermediate tire on because we're going to be doing a lot of uh, riding on our road trip and I really, really like that tire actually. I uh, didn't think I'd like it as much as the soft for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, so far so good and I actually really appreciated that tire come uh, MX Farm. It was real windy. The last time I rode there, the water just didn't stay in the track. So I kind of ended up with the perfect tire. Uh, also brought to you finally by the guys at MotorX. Uh, not just oils for KTM, guys. So you can run that in any bike. They have an insane manufacturing process to ensure the highest quality. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Give us a share if you can. Jack's a lord. Do it for his sake. Not not even for mine, you know. Uh, and leave us a review on iTunes because that does help a lot. And Gypsy Gang merch at gypsytales.com. Thanks so much, guys. And enjoy this podcast with the legendary Jack Moyer. Gang, gang, and they come and get gang. Gang, and they come and get gang. I'm at a gypsy. Gang. I'm at a gypsy. Jack Moyer, welcome to the podcast, you absolute legend. What is going on? Thanks, mate. Not much, eh? Just uh, cruising in quarantine at the moment. Locked in a hotel for a couple of weeks. Yeah, how's uh, how's that all going so far? Yeah, it's, it's all good. Just playing a lot of Xbox, eh? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, feeling like a bit of a zombie just sleeping and 
slobbing around. What um what games are you playing at the moment? What's what's got you frothing? Uh, uh I've been playing Fortnite because a bunch of my buddies play it, but I suck at it. I've got um I've got caught on the download, but it's taken. I'm on the fourth day now. It's like 105 oh. gig or something. I got pretty bad Wi-Fi, so it should be ready like maybe today. And then bit of the I haven't got it yet, but I want to get the Supercross game. Yeah, right. So, um, fuck, I might be able to get you the hookup on the Supercross game, actually. Oh, ha, ha, yeah. Might, might, be able to, might be able to get you a code. We were um, we were battling in, where was it? Like the last race in Leo Gang in Maribor with the other Kenyan boys. We had the old Reflex game going, doing hot laps. Oh, dude, yeah. That, sick. that was the one, eh, the old Reflex. Yeah, yeah, it's still sick. But yeah, that new Supercross one's cool too. Yeah, so where whereabouts are you doing your quarantine? I'm in Adelaide, eh? Because apparently it was real hard to get into Sydney. Like, yeah, right. They only let so many people in each week and there's way more flights going to Sydney than Adelaide. So I think this is what I've heard. I don't know for sure, but people are saying they're cancelling all the normal tickets and taking the business class to pay for the airfares. So like with more planes going into Sydney, they keep less economy tickets, whereas... Adelaide's less planes, but I think it's around the same amount of people, so, so it's easy to get in here. So, have you? Did you have to do the whole business thing, like you had to fly business over to? No. Um, so you could actually was, get an economy flight. Yeah, over was real easy. It's coming back. That's hard. I had um, premium economy on the way back, but basically, not. Yeah, nothing too yeah, special and. Yeah, I, I heard that. Um, I heard that you had to do like because you say that you're going for business, you had to make it a business class ticket to actually to like get the flights. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's lots of stories going around. I had heaps of people tell me like, there's like twenty five thousand Australians stuck overseas or something, and like even a couple of people I know have been stuck there since March. But yeah, I don't know. really. Gabe, my team manager, just said he booked the he booked me a flight like a week before I left. First flight he booked, it went ahead and I got home. So I, no I might have got real lucky. I don't know. Yeah, man, it's it's one of those weird. Fuck, it's just the weirdest time, eh? Like, and you you try and yeah. get advice from people, and it seems like everyone's got a different story. And yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I'm just glad I'm home. Eh? I would have been pretty salty if I was stuck there. Like, already been over there for a while racing, so super keen to get home yeah so when did you actually go over to europe from from oz uh start of august yeah right oh so it has been a minute eh yeah it hasn't been too long but just yeah with all it feels like way longer when you i don't know there's been a lot of a lot of traveling a lot Mm. of racing and then all the like corona regulations and protocol at the events is like crazy it like wears you out eh? you just always got to be somewhere like doing tests or yeah yeah so what what was that like like what i guess explained the new normal at racing compared to sort of what it used to be it's just like yeah like super strict getting into all the pit areas getting onto the gondolas like you've always got to have your mask if you don't have your mask you're not allowed in so like i forgot my mask 50,000 times and then you got to get like a test every time you before you get to an event and when you get to the event and then since we're having back-to-back events you had to get tests 
before you left that for the next one. So it's like during a practice day or like qualifying day, like it's pretty, pretty full on. And, and what about like, did they have limits on people that were allowed to be at events and stuff like that? Was the media yeah. normal? Like It was just like team staff and writers. And then, yeah, even the media, like they couldn't have media guys in the pit area. Like they had to be in their own bubble. So like, allowed on the side of the track and in the media room but they can't come into the pits and take photos and do interviews so yeah it's way different but i mean at least we were still racing yeah i mean there's so many sports that just weren't able to do literally anything this year and you guys were yeah. able to get get some in what what was the deal did like so this year you signed with canyon to do the enduro like the ews series right and was downhill like in your plans, but you weren't going to do the whole series or I guess what was before the whole Corona deal? What was your 2020 plans anyway? Yeah. So I kind of got, I got stuffed around a bit last off season with my downhill contract. And then I picked up the enduro one real last minute. So it was my plan to do enduro. And then it was cool. Kicks Kenyon have a real good downhill team. So they like, it was part of the deal they let me do a couple downhill races so that was always the plan to do the full enduro and a couple downhills yeah so how did that all work like you were just sort of you thought your contract was sweet but it wasn't and then you ended up having to find something last minute is that sort of what went down yeah i i won't get into it too much but yeah I, that's cool i i signed a letter of intent with a company which i guess kind of commit to working with each other for the next year yeah oh, it was for yeah next couple of years and then like while i was waiting for the contract they were kind of stuffing me around a bit and then on the date i was supposed to get the contract they just rang me up and said we're cancelling the whole team and that was like real late in the off season and every every other team that was interested in me that year had already found riders so it's yeah. pretty much left with nothing eh? and then yeah. it was lucky because one of the kenyan enduro riders decided to leave like real last minute so that opened up a spot there and yeah so what what um like was it almost a bit of a blessing in in disguise in in some ways because like dude you absolutely been ripping the enduro bike and i mean i haven't followed super closely but i feel like you did pretty well in the ews's that you did right yeah i was super happy with that i um like I said that at the beginning of the year, I always wanted to do enduro because I've done a couple before and went pretty well at them. So I always wanted to do a full season of it. I just didn't think it would be like so soon because mm. I also still feel like I didn't really get to where I wanted in downhill. Well, I did and then I got hurt again and kind of wanted to get back there. But So it was I never would have picked to do the enduro if I had the choice. But now that it happened, yeah, it's turned out pretty good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, so what's, it's good to be able to do both, eh? Yeah, so I was gonna say, like, is that is that sort of the plan going forward now that like maybe you're just gonna sort of try and do both things, or do you think that you sort of it still pays to be like a downhill only sort of specialist? Or no, I think yes, I've signed a two year for the enduro, so I want to do that again. And since I went all right, like just with one off season of training for enduro and like not much like much experience racing it i think if i keep it up 
I could go pretty well, so I want to do that again. But then I still definitely do a couple of the downhill races next year. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll focus on like the full enduro season, and then it's hard because you can't really do all of both. Eddie mm. Masters did it one year, as many as both, but you get burnt out so quickly. It's just so much racing and traveling. Yeah, so you like pick and choose. Eh? Yeah, dude. Just the just the travel alone, man. Like, cause it's it's not yeah. like it's not like you're going to, you know, it's like the U.S. If it was in the U.S., you could get away with it because it's just like one big country that you're kind of cruising across. You you know, yeah. like hitting major airports. But like the stuff that you guys are doing is just like in the middle of fucking nowhere, crossing borders and like multiple countries and visas and yeah, it'd become pretty hectic. Yeah, you think, um, I always think about the moto guys and how they race every weekend for so long. I'm like, how the fuck do they do that? But I guess it's gnarly, but I guess like there's not as much traveling. So you, you probably don't have that side of it wearing down on you, but yeah, de definitely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it's probably just different, you know, like a, yeah. a pick your poison yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, dude, the, what you guys would have to deal with, with customs and then the other thing too that gets sketchy for you guys is that you can actually like lose your bikes and shit you know the, yeah, the semi the semi ain't getting lost on the way to millville yeah yeah for for the like the big teams it's pretty safe because we've got like trucks going to all the races but yeah when you like you know ollie and benny's a couple aussie races they were at um maribor world cup last weekend and both their bikes got lost what it's like yeah just such a stitch up when you work so hard to pay and like they're privateering paying to go to all the world cups and then the airlines just lose their bikes it sucks but yeah it's pretty good for us because we got bikes over there and the trucks are going to all the races yeah yeah that'd, that'd take a little bit out of it then i guess um yeah. so i didn't get to watch all of the world champs this year i watched your run i watched a few other other boys runs but oh, it, yeah. it looked like a legit, legit downhill world champs in terms yeah. of like tracks and conditions. But it sort of seemed like uh, a bunch of people were like complaining about it as well, which seemed kind of seemed kind of weird. Yeah, it was it was definitely like the toughest, probably the toughest conditions I've raced, like a World Cup for sure. It was like snowing all day on race day like you left the start gate i don't know if you could see it properly on the coverage but you left the start gate and it was like snowflakes in there no so that was shit. pretty gnarly and then the whole top half was pretty good because it was like in the open so the snow or it like melts and the rain kind of washes the thick mud away mm. but then into the woods it's like i guess it hits the trees and then just slowly trickles in so it just gets, stays wet but doesn't clear off so it was just like the thickest like peanut butter mud like the girls blacks were the wheels were clogging up and not spinning and like Dude. my mechanic seen it on the live feed or something so like right before my run he took my mud guard off and put like a little tight like a little tube mud yeah, guard in between yeah, the forks yeah, like just yeah. to get a bit more clearance like it was pretty gnarly stuff like that but yeah i think there was a a lot of people complaining about the track after we walked it which which was dry i don't know right? Pardon? Which was pretty much dry when you walked it. Like, people were complaining uh, about it. It was wet, but it wasn't thick mud. Yeah, so okay. It, you could tell how gnarly it was going to be to ride, but 
I feel like with Leo Gang, it's like a real straightforward bike park track. And every year for like the last eight years, we're always whinging and asking for some more techie sections. Mm. And they finally put the techie sections in and everyone was whinging a bit. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what but, are we doing here, boys? I don't know. I guess I feel like that stuff suits me better and I like riding it better. So if they like the other stuff better and it suits them better, obviously they're going to whinge. Like I've been whinging the last few years about how easy the track was because i feel like when a track's easy it's like it's actually more dangerous than you got to be it's actually harder to go good because no one's there's nothing to separate anyone like yeah everyone's riding so fast and so on edge like that it's just dangerously fast yeah whereas when there's technical sections there's like it's more there's more risky lines and stuff that the risk when you crash is not as high like Mm. you're not going as high speed and yeah yeah no i totally agree and it's like the same thing where like you think of on a moto track it's like a big set of whoops it's like yeah they're gnarly and they do separate the really really good guys and it's like yeah you you can't just or, or just like rough tracks in general you know like you look at you like lommel like no one's complaining that lommel's too rough it's like the good guys want that shit to get like that because that's where you will see like a world champion emerge when the tracks as gnarly as it gets yeah yeah it's just more more technical stuff i think separates the riders a bit more and i don't know it still had some of the fast um flat out like bike park stuff up top so i think it was a real good mix Mm. yeah yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's so crazy too, like the level that that downhill has got to now. Like uh, Chris Kavarik posted his first World Cup win on Instagram the other day and I watched yeah. that run and it's like tiny handlebars and, yeah. you know, like... Tiny the, bikes. Yeah, tiny bikes. The speed's just nowhere near what it is now. And like, man, the way that you guys hang it out on those, on those courses is just fucking like out of control these days so it's just like yeah i mean you you kind of it's like you're not making i think you could think of it in the wrong way by saying like slowing the tracks down but it's like there's the fast guys still find a way to make the slow stuff fast it's not like everyone has to tiptoe through these sections like it creates opportunity for the fast guys to really take take control yeah and i think the main reason like everyone's going so fast now well it's there's like anyone in the top 20 i think if you look through has probably had a podium or could like mm. be on the podium so you literally can't have a safe run and go good because one of those other 20 30 guys is going to have a good run mm. like even if 10 crash like it's just you've just got to everyone just hangs it out because it's impossible to go good if you don't so it's yeah. pretty crazy how those top guys can do that consistently every weekend. Yeah, like so. So you got six at the world champs, right? Like, yeah. So I tried. I had a collie run that I thought was pretty average. I just stayed on the bike and I got six, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! I'll just do that in racing." So I just did the same thing. Had a clean run where I knew I wouldn't crash. It wasn't didn't set the world on fire, but I wasn't. I was just trying to get a good result because I hadn't done downhill in a whole year. And, mm. But it, like, there was plenty of guys 
who would have been faster than me if they stayed on. But that was the thing with that track. You had to stay on. Heaps of so many people crashed. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna ask. Like to get to get six at the worlds, like was that as fast as you could go, or are you just literally yeah trying to put in a time? And like, how do you gauge that <laughs> shit in downhill to even know? Because it's like yeah, it's a sprint, and you're trying to go as fast as you can the whole time. But like, you literally can't go as fast as you can the whole time. Like, there's got to be these yeah, where you're sort well, of piecing stuff together. It's not as fast as i could have went but like anyone can say oh if yeah I, like anyone faster, could go yeah. as fast as they could crash and say oh if i didn't crash i would have won like yeah who knows if i tried to push a little bit harder i might have just lost it on a route or something like i know it's not the fastest like i rode that bottom section at all but a full run that was clean and i stayed up like that's all i was really trying to do i wasn't like loic or someone who was expected to win and going for the win like he can't do what i didn't have a safe run he has to lay it all on the line and mm. just yeah like i don't know it was it's different with those conditions there's no way i could have done what i did if it was dry and just have a safe run like because yeah. less people would crash you yeah. have to you have to like in yeah you gotta you gotta like ride a lot faster and be more precise when it's dry you can't make any mistakes so and i think right. that's oh sorry keep going. no you go i was gonna say i think that's like one of the reasons people were complaining about the track, if it was dry, that bottom section would have been a lot faster, would have rode better. And it was just because it was so wet and sticky that people were kind of kicking up a stink. It wasn't really riding that good. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting what you said about like Loic and, you know, like Loic and Gwyn and, and those boys that are like way up the top that they almost can't have a safe run like you did. So are those guys... Yeah. That are, and do you think that that's why those top guys separate themselves in a way? Because it's like once you become one of those guys and there's that expectation on you, it almost like forces your hand. And then when you've got a group of dudes that are at the top and they're doing that, that's what sort of like pushes that whole sort of um, like the whole pace forward. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. I probably would have. Yeah, I only really had that approach because I haven't done a downhill race in a whole year and then i also hadn't went that good the year before mm. so i just wanted to put a good result down yeah just blow it all away but yeah i think yeah those guys when you're going for the the win like that and all of them are doing it each weekend some are gonna crash and some are gonna have a good run and that's what just keeps elevating it mm. yes so um what did you like well do you like the world champs just in general because i wish there was i guess like motocross and nations is sort of like that but like there's never like a world champ in moto and when i was racing down here like fuck man the world champs was just so sick because it was just one day and you know like you could be a guy that you know like special shit happens at world champs like danny hart for instance and yeah, it's or like, reese wilson this year it's yeah crazy. it's true huh? laid one down yeah true huh but like that that is so it's such like a special event for for that kind of stuff and like i don't know where does the world champ sort of rank for you as like a downhill guy yeah it's like it's the pinnacle of our sport so 
I was always like, if I was doing enduro and I got selected for the world champs team, I was always going to race it. Like, mm-hmm. same with next year. Like, it's like, yeah, the coolest race to do. You get to represent your country, and you always get like all the sponsors do mad kit and bikes. It's always cool. Like racing with green and gold shit. It's mad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a it, yeah, it's such a sick event. I wonder, like, I don't know whether something like that could work in moto, but fuck, it'd be so sick to have like. Yeah, you know, I guess one it's day. like the nations, eh? Yeah, but there's not one person, so I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it'd work, but like, yeah, imagine if there was just like the 450 world champ, and you just had like yeah. all the all the boys one day were just threw down. Yeah, yeah, that's what also makes world champs so crazy to watch. Like, literally that one run, and you can be the world champion. So people are throwing down. Yeah, it's crazy. That, and there's an art to like the headspace of it too. You know, like yeah, that, like just that one day because you know you can manage a series and you can sort of be cons- like super consistent over over a year and you know know all the tracks and you know put together like a season. But when it yeah. comes to the the world champs, it's just that's just like straight nuts. Yeah, that's why it's so crazy how Loic just won. Like I think he won like four in a row before this year. Yeah, it's like how do you even do that? When he, and each time he's winning by like the smallest margins, like under like point five and stuff like that. How do you do that? Yeah, consistently. Uh, four, just yeah, it's crazy. And didn't the one before he won, he crashed like, and he was winning as well. Like he was up at the last split, and he like washed out coming into one of the the sort of bottom sections of the track. Fuck, I don't know. He's done that at a couple like World Cups where he's been up and washed right at the bottom. So yeah, maybe it was a World Cup that I was thinking of. Been, yeah, dude, I I remember I filmed with Loic in I don't, it was years ago. It was like it was actually when he was still on Lapierre, and uh, we he was in Temecula with uh, One Industries. Oh, sorry, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, and yeah, I remember watching him ride a mountain bike and like I've seen. Wait, hold up! Oh, I've got to do you. that doctor's check. <laughs> at a certain time that you have to do it in right yeah yeah so am i missing any details in there that would uh explain it better yeah so you just got your bunch of stages which are all timed like you said and then all the liaisons and climbs you do and yeah you just got to get there before you start time otherwise you get a penalty i guess it's like the same as moto enduro yeah yeah i think after I haven't done one, but speaking to dad a bit, he used to race him and he says it's kind of the same stuff. And so who are the dudes that typically do the best in enduro? Like, and like, so how does that fitness element play into it? Is it just like the downhill stages are like so long and tiring that you, if you're not fit for the ups that, um, you're just not going to be able to like put the energy in to go fast down or like what's the sort of balance that you need to sort of find to be good at enduro do you think yeah you got to be a lot fitter than downhill i think not like just overall like for staying fresh for the whole day even if even if you were fast on the downhills and you hadn't done the all the base training like you're going to be pretty tired just from the pedaling in between Mm. and then that's if you've got lucky and because some of the races are actually pretty much all downhill stages but a lot of them like 
the last couple we did this year had there was one with like maybe three minutes straight of kind of flat pedaling with a tiny bit of downhill and lots of uphills like oh and that, that was, was like an actual like, stage in a stage yeah like after yeah. three minutes of downhill so you like yeah you've got to be super fit for that stuff and that's on top of like riding all game mm. so obviously you got to be able to ride you got to be good technically but the fitness is a lot bigger part than downhill yeah because you just yeah you just can't keep up yeah. on those big pinchy climbs and flat sections if you don't have the fitness and so did, does that shit like has that come easy to you like in terms of the training like is it stuff that you were you like always pretty into training like because i know with win like anytime i've hung around that dude like yeah, he, he, loves he just pain session eh? bro like we we did the filming in in derby and we'd film all day and like i was pretty cooked just from walking up the hills with cameras and filming and like we get back and he's yeah. like, all right gotta go for a ride it's fucking pissing down rain and he just goes and smashes out like 50 k's on his mountain bike i was like what the fuck are you yeah doing, dude? yeah um i wouldn't say i was one of those people that just fucking loves to train and get in the hurt box like i'm not about that but i make sure i get though. all my training done even though i hate it so i think i like enjoy the long rides too i don't know maybe just because i haven't done too much of them whereas mm. like i've been training for downhill sort of the last what eight years i think my first year overseas was so it's like same old shit for eight years sprints mm. gym that stuff so it's good to mix it up and go on some big missions you yeah. ride your bike a lot more i'm not I'm not for often on the so much road bike, <laughs> yeah. but the yeah the trainer for the Kenyan team's a ex pro road bike guy I think so he just loves road so we do a lot of road but so the so you're going basically on the advice with your training from a guy that Kenyan actually employs yeah right? yeah Kenyan um he he trains the whole Kenyan team like enduro team and I think he trains one of the downhill guys that junior yeah right canyon's a pretty gnarly company eh yeah it's pretty big yeah what was what was it like going from um you know where you were to to working with a a company that that's like that because they they sort of seem like they've got a pretty i don't know like a pretty different approach to just like the whole their whole company yeah i mean they still seem to like um i mean i suppose the image they put out is like pretty proper and mm. corporate but they still like seem to have like a good sense of humor and stuff with all the social media and like the marketing and stuff like that so i don't know i haven't really i haven't been to germany and hung out with them all yet because of all the corona stuff so mm. it's yeah i haven't really been there but yeah yeah no fair enough so when you um when you get back home and you've got your downtime, you're probably do you reckon you'd be one of the fastest moto mountain bikers in the country? Nah, I don't know. I reckon I'm I'm gonna claim it for you. You reckon? Oh, Baxter Maywald's pretty. He fucking shreds pretty hard too. Oh yeah, yeah. Nah, I reckon um, Dino 
Has Dean got you? Yeah, Dean a couple of times. He's pretty fast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think. And then I'm, I'm just a trail bandit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're I you're, like, you're the like fastest the headlight warrior. Shit, eh? <laughs> yeah. You're the fastest headlight warrior then. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I reckon we need to do some kind of like Aussie mountain bike moto race because <laughs> yeah got, i've seen that on instagram you got sam hill yeah he'd be fast he'd i think rip. connor's pretty fast as well oh really yeah yeah then you got you got dino you got back troy rides too yeah troy i feel like yeah rides. oh um you know jake newell yeah oh dude he's fast yeah he's so he smokes me so jake newell I know his older brother Troy super well. Oh yeah, you're saying that. Yeah, so when uh, yeah, he's good on a moto. Yeah, yeah, because dude, Troy's pretty good on a moto too. He does. He doesn't really ride much anymore, but there were a couple times where we just had like little track days in America, and we were all just like, "Jesus, Troy fucking sends it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they drew out racing. So I feel like we might have to do that at the mid two k race. Oh yeah. Have a two-stroke thing. Yeah, have like a mountain bike celebrity race. When's that? Where's it at? Well, it's gonna be at the island, so you've got. You oh, got, sick! Yeah, you're Just gonna have the roadway. Yeah, you're Home gonna track have advantage. Yeah. <laughs> have you rode there before? <laughs> no, I don't even do the big track there. This is fucking gnarly jumps. Yeah, I, I just know. do the um, what's it called? The middle track. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't even it's, been there. I love that track. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, the main one's got. It's got some jumps. I don't need to. I don't need to do them. <laughs> What's the first uh, reward? Nothing in it for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a sketchy dog jumping a motorway. Eh? Yeah, well, that's because you're know. on a. It just feels so heavy, and you're I like a... having a throttle there in case you need to lift the front up or something. But that's about the only thing I like about it. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm the. I can't jump fucking mountain bikes these days. Eh? I'm just. There's just <laughs> like. There's just nothing there in the air, and it's like if you fuck it up in any way off the lip that's what's happening in the air yeah there's yeah, no there's, but, you can lean a bit and that's about it <laughs> well, you, you can deploy the stiff legs too and hope that that's <laughs> enough to stop you but yeah there's no dude, throttle i did uh i did this trail in lake tahoe um called toads oh, and yeah. uh it's like a fucking mission dude it was like a 30 something k ride just to do this downhill and uh that we got did the whole thing all these big rock gardens and shit i was like this is fucking this is pretty unreal got down the bottom there's just these tiny tabletops and there was three <laughs> of them in a row and on the last one i'm like oh no 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 i was like oh fuck i'm doing a collarbone here for sure and then uh did you go over the bus nah saved it yeah. like well i didn't save it it just when i fucked it up i just didn't fuck it up quite bad enough but i was just straight leg straight arm just like nah, yeah nah, that's, nah, straight nah, leg. Nah. that's scary eh? <laughs> i was just like oh, fuck, i've cooked this but then yeah. i i went, walked up to one of the boys and i was like fuck man i swear to god i almost fucking i almost died like that was a broken collarbone for sure two yeah. seconds later the guy behind me that was in our group fucking same thing breaks his collarbone <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah, I yeah was that's like, a pretty common for yeah, yeah, I was that they're just a shit bone to be honest. A bit of a flaw yeah. in the programming, really. Yeah. And so you'll uh bit of moto downtime when you're home, bit of surfing downtime, you reckon? I feel like you could definitely make yeah. the claim for one of the best surfers, the mountain bike surfers. 
Yeah, I don't know if anyone in Oz surfs from mountain biking. I think Troy and his mechanic do a bit. Dino's yeah. a big surfer bro now. <laughs> oh, D- Dino is like... <laughs> what, what we is... took him out. Oh, we took him out a couple of times when he was down. He loves it. What is what is Dean like? What is Dino like nowadays? Because I'm going to say he's pushing into spirit animal territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a crossover between pro mountain biker and spirit animal. And surfer guy. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Eh? Nah, he's doing... he's, yeah, I love Dino. He's a mad dog. He's doing some cool shit, isn't he? Yeah. He's one of a kind. He he honestly is one of a fucking yeah. kind. For sure. Yeah, so what what do you reckon? Bit of bit of surfing in, in Newey, bit of bit of mountain biking, bit of moto, is that sort of just the program you like to run when, when you're doing the old downtime? Yeah, I'll I won't I normally have a bit of time off the mountain bike, but yeah, the WR's definitely coming out for some Getting hopefully going some mad enduro missions and stuff. Maybe probably hit the island too. Mm. That's like the main track we go to. With the because all the other boys have like motocross bikes. Yeah, yeah. I and think then, as soon as um as soon as they they open the border from Queensland and New South Wales, I think we're gonna do a weekend trip down to the island. So I'll have to get you in on that one. Oh, sick! Yeah, hit us up. That'd be fucking be mad. My uncle's got a farm right near there too that we always go to. He has some like little races out there, oh, which really? are pretty sick. He gets like all the old dogs out there. What was that sand track that you guys were riding that time? I hit you up to come ride there, but you fucking never got back oh, to me, mate. That was just this, like, yeah, sand track out the back of Newey somewhere. Yeah, sick. That thing looks pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's, like, gets super rough, though. I, yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty bad in the sand. Like, I have some sketchy moments. Like, just trying to do – I'll try to, like, 20-minute motos or something. Like, just so I'm – like, because I, I do it for training. Like, yeah. And I, man, just get so sketchy towards the end. Because <laughs> it's, it's like all different muscles and stuff. And I just feel so fatigued. And yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. It's crazy. Do you need to, are you, um, what tired sponsor are you? Maxis. Dude, you need to run their sand tire on the motor. Yeah. Like, I heard the new Maxis motor tires are hectic. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking, yeah, they're unreal, dude. We um we went to Rocky and they it was just full sand track, and Sam the whole week I was kind of skits and I was like I gotta get the sand tire, I gotta get the sand tire. And then Sam's like, no man, fuck, I'm not running it. I'm just I got a soft on there. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, like everyone runs sand tires in sand. Like that's why people do it. Like you don't have some secret, Sam, that like all these yeah. other people are fucking wrong about. And then yeah. we, we got there and he did first practice and he was like, fuck, I'm going to get sand tire. But like, man, they make such a crazy difference, eh? Because we got, we got this sand track um, at like near our place, but we can't really ride it anymore. We sort of fucked it up. But, um, yeah. but I never rode there with the sand tire and I fucking hated riding. Like it was fun, but it was so hard to ride. And then, yeah, yeah, you put on one of these sand tires and it just, like, makes the whole experience so much better. Way You're better, still riding yeah. sand, but, like, you can actually fucking move. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like, I've got, a, like, a little tire on the back. I don't know what one it is. Just the stock one that came with the Enduro. It's got, like, these tiny knobs. And yeah. I feel like I just go nowhere. But still, like, I'm just not good enough. Like, I went riding with a couple of other Yamaha boys, um, 
Greeny and Stefan. Yeah, yeah. And they're just watching them through that that same track is just crazy. Like yeah. they're just fucking floating on top the whole way. What? <laughs> just like going in every hole. <laughs> just boat, boat. Yeah. What what got you into motor? Like how long have you been riding for? Um actually dad got us on the motos like like when we were real young. I think I was like four when I had a Wee fifty. Mm. And I rode a heap when I, we lived up in the bush and then got to about 12 years old and that's when I got into downhill, mm. downhill and surfing. Oh, I'd already been surfing a bit before that, but we moved up the coast. So I stopped riding moto then and got into downhill and stuff. And then only recently just started getting back into moto again, mm. like maybe the last five years. Is it is it good training for, for what you're trying to do? Like you can actually like really get some benefit out of it? Yeah, I think it's real good. Like man, it's it's just crazy how much strength and fitness it requires to like ride one of those things for twenty minutes mm. around a motocross track. Like most people just yeah, don't understand that. But it's still at the same time, it's like a little bit different i think with downhill you're always pushing away from the bars and stuff whereas a motor you're like i don't know if it's like you're pulling more like each yeah, yeah i'm just trying to hang on yeah so like i can get arm pump on the motor real bad and just be sweet on the downhill bike yeah and it's all different i don't know yeah it's, i think but I, I figure it's gotta help especially like when you just getting up and down off the pegs for like 20 minutes mm, you just yep. like yeah and hanging on to such a heavy bike you get back on the mountain bike and it just feels like you can just throw it around yeah yeah i feel like that's the same as you know like if you ride a 450 but then you race a 250 like i mean that was one thing that i remember todd did heaps as a as a kid is because he rode so much and he was so far away from like the teams and stuff that he was on that they couldn't keep giving him two fifty Fs. Like he just literally would wear him out like a fucking pair of shoes. And uh, oh, yeah. so he got on a four fifty and when he was real young and like not many people sort of do that and he just did constant motos on a four fifty and like he just got fucking jacked, dude. And then he's yeah. like, When I'm when I ride a two fifty now, like it just feels like nothing. So it made even more sense to go from a motocross bike to then a mountain bike, like the feeling that you'd have. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like effortless to, to move it around. And especially like just the, even like the core, like everything, all the strength mm. to hold onto it. It just feels a lot easier when you get back on the mountain bike. And especially this, the speeds you go are pretty fast on the moto. Yeah. So I think it helps with the fast sections yeah on downhill do you have any i don't know it's also just like super fun like would you rather go sit on a rower for 20 minutes or do 20 minute motos like <laughs> yeah dude no. i don't know no i totally agree i'm like my jiu-jitsu is like my training for moto you know so i sort of do yeah. the it, it's like because it's all grips and like like you're holding on to people essentially like it's the same yeah. as a, a hundred kilo bikes trying to get away from you like i got a hundred killer dude either like trying to fucking yeah. like smash onto you or like you're grabbing them they're trying to get away from you so it's like and i'm yeah. the same i'm like i don't want to do any 
fucking running or rowing. I don't want to do <laughs> any of that shit. Like I'll just let me yeah. just fucking train a lot doing that. And it definitely helped my motor. Like that was the stuff that that was really what helped me enjoy motocross again was just like actually being fit enough for it, you know? Yeah. It, when you when I get back and like go for my first moto ride, like when I get out of quarantine, even though I'm super fit from the downhill season, I guarantee I'll feel like a bag when I go do that first moto. But then after like a, a few times of that, it just feels a lot funner when you actually, your muscles remember what they got to do and yeah. you can hang on. Yeah. How much are you riding when you're, you know, I guess it's party off season training. Like, do you, are you riding heaps or? Like mountain bikes or moto? Uh, moto. Oh, moto. Um, in the off season, I would just I don't I won't like set days when I'll go out. I'll just go out when the my mates are going out because mm. I'm kind of cruising. But I used to I tried to like do moto at least once a week in my training program last year, I think. But it's I didn't have the WR then, so it was hard to be able to go to tracks once mm. a week and like on certain days because. I've got a program so that I got to follow, so it's got to fit in with that. Yeah, so okay. I would barely. I'm about to run out of battery. I just got to grab me a charger. Yeah, sweet. Sorry, mate. Bit of a podcast rookie, eh? Nah, it's all right, mate. Have you done many podcasts before? Ah, uh, just one, eh? Who with? The downtime. Downtime podcast. He's like a mountain bike guy from the UK, I think. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it um, nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was I saying? Um, oh, with the moto. Yeah, I. It's something I'd like to do once a week, and then. But yeah, I've never really, I've never really got into a phase where I've done it consistently. It's always like mm. I might get out. Once a month, couple times a month, um, especially with the, enduro, training. I think it'd be beneficial, like, because some stages can be like. 20 minutes long so mm. you're doing 20 minute motors where you can just hang onto a motor and suffer for like 20 minutes surely it's helped you out but there's just so much road riding and stuff that mm. there's only so much time in a week and you need to rest as well so i just don't have the time really so yeah i'll probably do more more riding in the off season yeah um did you did you get helped out with your bike through yamaha or did you that was just your one oh that's sick yeah through the yamaha the ymf like their financial services yeah and what made you get the wr so you could go and do yeah i wanted to do a lot of trail riding because i live like near the wadigans and there's so many good tracks up there yeah dad always used to take them up there when we were kids yeah. So I've done like a bunch of those tracks we used to do and I also ride my mountain bike up there a bunch. Yeah. So I like ride all those tracks backwards, the ones I'd ride down. It's like pretty sick. Yeah, right. And I just really wanted to do more enduro because I feel like it's kind of like the same as mountain biking with a motor. Yeah. It and then, But I also wanted to be able to ride at the track. Like, And yeah, the WR has been sick for that. I've been doing both, no worries. Yeah. And since I can't jump properly anyway, it doesn't really worry me that the suspension's not set up for jumping and shit. So I, just yeah. don't, I just don't jump anyway. 
They just get, yeah, that's like Sam, he calls himself an ostrich, a flightless bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but even if I didn't, if I was to be more serious about it, you could probably just, um, I think the other guys just put harder suspension in when they go to the track. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd be, yeah, that's not a big deal. Like, you could So that I figured, yeah, I figured uh, why not get the WR because I can do both. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. They're a sick bike. Matt, my brother's been running the um, 350 EXE, the KTM forever, dude. Oh, he, yeah. He, like, he, he got, there was, I think the first year at Day in the Dirt, he was running like fourth in like the Coupe de Grasse 75 minute moto. And he just, every time we come by, the, <laughs> every time you ride with him, he's on the horn the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Headlight bandits. <laughs> so, was, uh, when you first were getting, so you said seven years that you've been doing the series, what was your like roadmap out of Newey to get onto like the world circuit? What, what was it like? What did that look like back then? Um, so you get two opportunities as a junior to go race worlds for Oz. Yep. And they're like your opportunities to get seen by world cup teams and kind of make a mark and get noticed to get a ride the first year i had like a bunch of fast guys in my age group and i broke my collarbone i think so i missed that and then the second year i got fourth overall in the nash the under 19s nationals so that was 2012 Mm. so i got selected for the world champs that year yeah so I went over there as a junior with the Australian Federation and I got fifth at the world champs and that was second Aussie, I think. And who, so, so then, who was around, like what, what, uh, who else was around then? So I think my year then, Troy was the 2011, that was his last year because he's a year older. Yeah. So 2012, it was, I think Connor Fearon won, um, Dean Lucas was in there. Um, who else was there? There was Tom Crimmins, Dave McMillan. Um, Luke Ellison and Joey Vavoda. That was our world's team. Yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah. And what about internationals? Like, who, who were the international top dudes then, too? Oh, man. I can't remember. I think Lowick. Lowick one, Connor got third. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd have to look. Yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. It's so far, so long. Yeah, ago. a while ago now. Um, yeah. So we we got to get over there. We also did um two World Cups in yeah. Mont Saint Anne and Wyndham. And back yeah. then they didn't have the junior category, so you had to qualify an elite. Oh, okay. Which is pretty like nerve wracking and gnarly, and I. Th- I got 44th in my first World Cup and I want to say in the 50s or 60s in my second. So I was just real stoked to qualify for both of them. Mm. And then I came home after that and you're not really going to get anything as a junior unless you at least podium at Worlds, I think. So I had nothing for that next year. But I changed to – so that year I was on Orange – with the Lusty Boys. Yeah. Johnny and um, Ricky Boy. Yeah. That was sick. Just doing the odd stuff with them. So then the next year I went to 
like a Yeti Australia deal. Yeah. And it was with a guy named Paul Rowney. He's um he's still doing it now. He's a mad dog as well. And he kind of helped me tee up a bit of support from the factory Yeti guys that year. So I went over in a van with me, Dave, Joey, and Luke. Yeah. We got this normal sized transit van for four of us and just <laughs> all slept in the back like biggest rookies. We could have got like something decent, like a bit bigger for the same price, but we had no idea what we were up to. Just cooked it. Yeah, cooked it. Went over there for six months and did, yeah, all the races from the back of a transit, which is pretty gnarly. It was sick fun, but would never do that again, eh? Like <laughs> yes, that's one of those things, eh? One, once it's like the whole time you're doing it, you're just like, this is fucking crazy. And then when it's actually done, you're like, man, that was epic, but never do yeah. that again. Yeah, like we would... I think we stole a couple lounge cushions for the back and we would pull all the shit out every night to put the lounge cushions in and just sleep across the back. <laughs> like just four people with stuff for a whole season. Oh. The thing was just shockers to the top. Like one time, yeah, one time we were leaving Morzine and Dino was flying over from home and he needed a lift to a race and he flew to Moors, uh, Geneva which is on the way mm. still like 12 hours from Andorra anyway we picked Dean up we had no room in the van I don't know how we fit his bike and bags and we started driving to Andorra from there it's like I think it's like 12 hours or something or it took us 12 hours probably should have been 12 <laughs> hours and we got lost a bunch of times like just going off the map because we had no like data and stuff and we finally got there at like five in the morning and then we like just parked up at the bottom of the track and like tried to get a couple hours sleep and dave i think dave and joey were in the back one was across the seats and one was on the floor and then i was in the front across the seats and joey was on the floor with like around the gear stick and then luke he climbed up on top and slept on the top of the van outside with like <laughs> nothing it would have been so cold it's like a bunch of mad stories like that, but man, just could not live like that again. But it, it's one of the things that like, fuck, you've got to do that shit, eh? Like it's so special and you can like look yeah. back on stuff like that. Good memories for sure. Just, yeah. I think we ate salami baguettes for six months straight, like <laughs> <laughs> living off 10 euros a day, eh? <laughs> yeah. Good. How was like, what was the, like, how'd you get the cash to do it? back then um mom and dad helped me a lot but i also i got a job with um he's one of my good mates still his name's tim butler and he's a stainless plumber back home and i got a job with him straight out oh i started with him in year 10 just doing weekends and he's a mad frother as well like riding so he would like train before work or after work and he'd take me shuttling and stuff so he was like a big part in helping me save up because he would, there would always be a job for me, like between yeah. races and stuff, and like yeah. he would make sure I could still work and train and go to school and like yeah, it was a, it was yeah a big help from him and my parents. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, there's so many guys like that that are in in all the industries that you know they're sort of like so pumped on the sport and and want to help different yeah. guys out and then they end up being like these i guess the 
people that can sort of facilitate um, that in-between transition where people are trying to earn a ride, you know? Because I feel like I feel like mountain biking is cool in the sense that um, it like you can go from privateer to factory guy. Like it's not like moto where I feel like it's very very rare to be a privateer that ends up making it on like a factory team. Whereas I feel like in yeah. mountain biking, you kind of almost have to, right? Yeah, I guess with the motos and stuff, like all the part, like the factory parts in the engine and stuff would just make such a difference. I don't really know. But for downhill, you get the little factory bits that help out a lot. But really, like you can you could go good on a stock bike. Yeah, is that is what's that like? You 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 can do just as good in downhill on a like not stock obviously like you'd you know you'd put the best of everything yeah, like on most, it but most stuff is available to yeah everyone. that's yeah. the thing like at the start like there'll be a bunch of guys running prototype stuff at the start but eventually everything's available to everyone yeah and it's all pretty good gear so like yeah have the bikes come a, a long way in even just like the seven years that you've been on on the world tour like obviously yeah, the, the you know the wheel size has changed but as everything else like you can really notice a difference yeah it's pretty crazy like just since i started racing first off it was 26 inch and like everyone was running real small bikes mm. i guess for like the technical sections and then it was like crazy when it was starting to go to 27.5 and the bikes were like i think they were getting a little bit bigger that was maybe 2016, 2015, 2016. And then it was like another massive like change, crazy thing when people started deciding to run 29-inch wheels. And then bikes got, with that, bikes got longer and slacker. And yeah, I don't know. Like you take a bike from now versus 2012 when I was, first started my world cups it's insane like the bikes fit me and taller people a lot better now which is good for us but yeah i was gonna say that probably makes like a difference for you because what you're like six two yeah yeah so it's like that's a fucking that's a lot more room that you've got to sort of move yeah, around dude. now yeah it's, that'd be that'd you just be feel huge. way more comfortable eh? mm. yeah and what about like how far does the suspension and stuff come in that in that sort of time as well? Like, does the suspension and brakes and stuff get better yeah, everything's as well? Just everything's just better. Like, just little increments, little um, developments. I guess over every couple of years, everything's just getting like fine tuned to be yeah. just a little. I feel like it gets a little bit better each year. Like the suspension and stuff, especially on my enduro bike this year, that was I felt so good on it just super supple with it being able to ramp up whereas back in 2012 you just i remember i was just bending shock bolts in my bike because you couldn't get any ramp on the like the tuning yeah it was i was just like bending four <laughs> shock bolts a weekend from bottom outs and it was same in the forks whereas now there's um they make it like a lot more adjustable, but it's not it's not too technical that it's so hard to do by yourself. Mm. There's not actually that much adjustment. It, the just stock version is just way better than it was. 
Yeah, that's like I run um I run those cone valves in the three fifty, the forks for the rocky oh, yeah. race. And I like heard. man, the difference that it makes, it's not the um it's not like the um it's not like it's gonna make you faster instantly or like it's this night and day thing where like you're now a better rider, but just like the feel that you had, like I was saying to people, it, it almost is like, I'd look at a bump and then I'd be able to re go, oh, that should make the bike do this. And whatever, like in your head you think it should do is pretty much what it does. Whereas on yeah. like stock stuff, you can look at a bump, you can think it's going to do something, but it'll kind of do more or less than you think. Whereas like yeah, that yeah. stuff, it was so one-to-one -one. and then you could just feel like pretty much what, what you're saying. It's like, in the butt in the choppy stuff it's like really nice and supple and you're like oh that's like sick it's got like a it's got like a dead feeling almost it doesn't feel like yeah. active but then you'd like flat land something and then it was just you land on the gas and you just keep going straight you're just not having like the whack like it's coming through your hands and just like fucking what did i just hit yeah yeah i feel like that's the biggest change in suspension for us mm. it was always so hard to get the boast of both the best of both worlds with the yeah. older stuff. Whereas I feel like you can pretty much do that now. Yeah. Like, and then imagine what it's going to be like in five years from now. Yeah. Dude, they'll be having like gimbals on your wheels and your bike will just be hovering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. No, so I, I just wonder how, like how far they can go with it all. Eh? Before it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, before that. But, yeah, I mean, you sort of think that with everything, eh? You're just like, what could they do? Yeah. But they always do something. They always do something. <laughs> Is there... The one thing, too, that I've, I've wondered, like, being kind of not in the downhill world. Is there, like, a bike to be on? Because it's like, it, you know, in Moto, that, that when Dunge was on the KTM 450, it was like, that was the best bike that you could be on. And everyone wanted to be on that bike. Does downhill have... A version of that or is it you know because it's sort of like head angle wheelbase you know like there's sort of geometry there's not a motor at play everyone's using kind of the same suspension so is there a difference where there's like this is the downhill bike to be on yeah i think i think there's a bunch of good bikes and different people ride different mountain bikes better so mm. like yeah, there was like a year or was it last year or the year before? Like, Brooke was really struggling on the GT, and then Martin Mays. I think he's he got second. He won a World Cup and then got second at World Champs. Mm. Like, I don't know. I think people suit different. Like, different riding styles suit different bikes different, and I feel like there's a lot of uh, ways you can customize a bike to fit you yeah and yeah, make it work for you so and, and what's like in mountain bikes like what sort of stuff are you chasing around to sort of make a bike feel different yeah you can get like angle sets and stuff to change the headset reach like the canyon comes with all reach built into it so i can just change per track if it's fast flat out i can change my reach on the frame from short like a middle setting or a long setting and what is that then, what, what's that exactly changing on the bike it would change the whole wheelbase and the like the whole steerer tube coming out of the forks is coming 
moving in the frame. Oh, really? Yeah. And then same with the rear end. It's got a short and long setting so you can change the whole wheelbase to make it more nimble and snappy or longer and better on high-speed stuff. Like That's one of the sick things about the the downhill bike we ride. Yeah, right. It's just got all that adjustability, whereas normally if you want to change that shit, you got to muck around with special headsets and you can't get because the headset hole is only so big you can only yeah. get like five mil forward and back yeah. whereas the kenyan's just got like an overlies top piece with a like a piece that goes inside and then you can change to all those settings no way which is pretty sick yeah and then other things i do is adjust your bar height you can Make your brakes more powerful with bigger discs, like more snappy. You can, yeah, adjust all the suspension to how you want it. Like, I definitely wouldn't, like everyone in downhill runs different sort of suspension setups, I think. Well, not mm. everyone, but each guy's got, like me and Dino used to run totally different setups when we were on the same team. So that's another thing with like, I don't think, there's one bike that's the fastest because everyone runs such different mm. setups. Like me and Dean were both riding the same bike and both bikes felt totally different, eh? It's just yeah, really. whatever someone's comfortable on, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah, so you just, you could set, like his bike was just set up super different because I guess that's the same on, yeah, that's the same on. bike felt horrible to me and I bet you my <laughs> bike felt horrible to him. So what sort of shit would he be doing different to you? Um, he would run super low bars. So if I rode that, I'd feel like I was going like over the front all the time. He, I think he changed it a bit, but when I first started racing with Dina, he ran super stiff suspension. Like felt like it didn't even work. Just <laughs> so stiff, which obviously is good in like fast flat out sections to staying on top of the rough stuff, but it doesn't track well. Yeah, and then like you'd feel like it'd want to push in turns probably too, eh? Yeah, stuff like that. And then we'd just run like different tires. I was always on, oh, maybe not. I think we ran the same tires actually. But sometimes he'd run like a Minion tire and I'd run the Asagai, both like yeah. Maxxis tires, but just they just do different things. And then... What else would he run? Just, yeah, that's probably about it. Different yeah. groups and stuff. Well, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I feel like that probably makes the sport a bit, like, because you look at, like, the those Yamahas in the 250 class, are, like, they're just so much better. Like, they've pretty much got every single hole shot in yeah. the outdoors and Supercross this year. Like, they're just fucking insane amounts better. And it's like, that's, there's like two sides to that argument. It's cool in the sense that you can strive to be on like the best bike and it can give you like this advantage and you sort of like earn your way to that and then it helps you win. But then at the same time, it's just like, it can be a little bit boring because it's like, ah, oh, well, they're just literally going to get every fucking hole shot. It's going to be like four of those bikes out front every single time. But, yeah. you know, with, with downhill, it just really feels like it does come just solely down to like the rider. Yeah. Yeah. In saying that, like, I don't think you can set up every single bike good. Like, mm. there's, it's still got to be a good bike, but there's just a lot of good ones out there. 
yeah, right now. Okay. So, and I think taking the the engine out of it takes a massive part mm. out of what would make it better than another one. Like, because the rider's the engine. So yeah, yeah, true, huh? Yeah, you're just like this complete. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what's uh what's the goals for 2020, mate? I gotta give uh, I gotta give old Brookie McDonald a call after after oh, yeah. this. So I'm gonna um, we're we're doing quarantine diaries with the boys today. <laughs> yeah, nice. Who else you got? Waddles? I just who's that? You got Eddie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Eddie's coming on. He's lucky last. Bulldog. And then yeah. and then Brook. I text fucking Troy, but he didn't text me back. The dog. Yeah, he's still racing. Oh, is he? Yeah, he'll be back after Portugal. There's two more World Cups. That's what I was uh, saying. I chose not to do them so I could get home and uh, have a quick rest. Because the downhill guys don't have to start till, I think, end of April. Oh, but so they you, got another because month. you got the enduro. They got another month and a bit off, yeah. Um, yeah, goals for next year. I'm pretty keen to have a crack at the, yeah, the full enduro series. And if I can keep getting on the podium, like, be nice to get like a top three in the overall yeah that's probably my my goal and then i'm keen to do world champs and stuff which yeah if i get selected as i said before it's always like one of my favorite races so it'd be cool if i could go good there and then i might even do like a few e-bike races because they're kind of bursting on the scene and they're like i think they're in the same spots as the ews ones just like there's a couple on different weekends so it'd be worth just doing a couple i think dude there talk about the e-bike thing real quick i fucking absolutely love e-bikes like they're the sickest shit i reckon yeah they're hectic eh? dude so it's, much fun it's yeah it's just it's just a lot more enjoyable like i feel like mountain biking when you've got to pedal up the hill or xc riding it really kind of sucks until you get to a certain fitness mm. and it makes it you're not in the hurt box, like you're actually enjoying it. Mm. So with e-bike riding, you can kind of just go out and have fun and not hurt at all mm. and do twice the amount of riding. And dude, sometimes the, I feel like the weight of the e-bikes feels sick. Dude, I was going to ask you, yeah, I was going to ask you if that was the same for you. Yeah. Cause like, man, there's like, I did a bunch of, um, e-bike riding at smithfield through um through like all the smithfield sort of enduro trails and like you know even i rode up fucking worlds dude i did worlds on a on a levo oh yeah like did the rock garden and everything yeah i thought i fucked the levo dude like i smashed the like where the the motor is on a rock down the down the is that your one no it was glenn's well it was a world it was a world trail one um i don't have one i'd fucking love to get one yeah. But, um, but yeah, like I actually think that they handle better than a norm, the normal enduro bike, because there's just this extra weight it's down low. And there was some shit that I was doing in turns on the e-bike that I just, I couldn't hit this turn the same way, like on a, just a regular bike. I just wouldn't, the weight, I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't bring me back out of a turn, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I think the weight's a weird one because with enduro, you couldn't run a bike that heavy because on the, the sh- yeah. short uphill sprints and like sprinting out yeah. of turns, you just couldn't pick like pick up your speed as fast. Whereas 
like with the downhill, I kind of wanted to try testing with some weights and stuff after I first rode like my e-bike down a track because it just felt felt sick. It felt real planted. Mm. And yeah, as you said, the weight just felt down low and I don't know, it felt kind of gave you a bit more confidence to yeah. push and like not getting chatted over bumps as much. But I feel like it would be better for you too because you used to ride motos. So yeah, and the, heavier. And the thing is like, I don't want to fucking do mountain biking. Like I've got, I got too much, like I've got a sick mountain bike. I got like a good stumpy there, but I just don't really want to ride it. And it's not like, um, it's purely just like my own personal, like I got other shit going on. Like I can't be yeah. tired for jujitsu cause then I just get fucked up. And then yeah. I'm already tired for moto from jujitsu. So I just can't really add another thing in that's going to make me tired. But yeah. if I had an e-bike, I'd ride all the time because I'd be, st- I'd still be doing like the skill-based component of riding and I would be able, like I'm behind bars and you're testing your reactions and you're still hitting turns yeah. and you're, you know, you're getting all of like the skill-based stuff out of riding a mountain bike, which I absolutely love. But yeah. I just don't, I don't want to be that tired and I don't want, I'm done. I'm done with like trying to be good at mountain biking. Like I just would like to, if I mountain bike, I just just want to e-bike. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I retire, I won't have a normal bike. I just have a fleet of eh? (laughs) (laughs) e-bikes. Well, dude, another awesome thing. So like my dad and my, my parents have e-bikes and, um, and they, uh, they love it. They go out every single weekend yeah. and it's like they're in their fifties. Like they, and why the fuck would my mom and dad want to go and like yeah. grind it's, it out up the hills? For that. I want to get dad on one too. Cause it's just, yeah, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. They're still like doing exercise and it's just, yeah, like, yeah. way easier. Not grinding up here. Like you say, yeah. And it's it just like, opens up, opens up way more options. My uncle's real into it. And he gets out so much. He get, he would get out most days, and he's lost a shit ton of weight. Like mm. e biking, like he's still fit and still doing lots of riding. Yeah, it's just like that's the other thing. You can still go as hard on an e bike if you want. Yeah, like you got the option to still put yourself in the herd box if you want to. Yeah, but yeah, you can I just totally cover agree. more ground and do more riding in the same amount of time. That's the thing I like about it. Yeah, and and it's like you know you're. Like for my dad, for example, it's like he's got fucked up knees and he's, you know, in his late fifties. It's like he wants to do some exercise that he can enjoy doing. And it's like, you know, you can go and if he did, if he did like 12 Ks around our local trails on a normal bike, he'd just be over it. And it's like, he's maybe done like three descents in that, in that time. But you put him on an e-bike and he'll do 35 Ks, hit eight descents, and he'll be as tired as he was if he did his 13 Ks, but he's done yeah. eight descents instead of three. And the whole time that he's pedaling and shit, he can actually talk to the boys he's riding with or talk to mom and just the whole thing, it makes so much more sense. And then I think like when you look at the, um, just like the industry perspective, the you're just taking all these barriers for entry out of the sport and then yeah. you get away more people in 
yeah, and then more people means more bike shops, means more bike sales, means more merch, means more need for racing, which means more people being fans of the guys that are racing the best, which means more investment yeah. in bike parks. Like, the, you know, there's such an economy of scale that you can apply to yeah. mountain biking, I think, because of e-bikes. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking super, super good for the industry. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of things. A bunch of people say like e-bikes are the number one sellers at the yeah. moment and like lately so yeah it it can only be good i reckon i have there's there's some serious e-bike haters out there but they'll come around it's just like the whole 29 inch wheel thing everyone was hating at the start and then no one gives a fuck in a couple of years once everyone <laughs> yeah. actually likes them yeah 100 percent. Eh? does canyon do a good e-bike yeah yeah, I can't wait to get one for the off season. Oh, you haven't got one yet? Nah. I've yeah, I've had a little ride on it at Team Camp, but they've just come out with a new one, so I'll be Shit. I'll be whacking up some some edits on that hopefully in the off season. I wanna see I wanna see some e bike slaps. Yeah. Get them big boy tires fucking really <laughs> drifted. Get them sliding, eh? <laughs> oh. Twice the amount. It's so much I've done like a bit of filming on an e-bike before too. It's so much quicker. You ride down, film. You ride straight back up the track. Mm. Ride down. <laughs> so quick. Obviously, you got to make sure there's no one else riding. But it's like, yeah, you're not pushing fucking all day. E-bikes. E-bikes for president. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. I'm glad we got to uh, have a bit of a hangout. It was cool to hear about some of your, uh, your 2020 and um and yeah we'll we'll do it again i uh definitely yeah we'll get down your way um we'll do a road trip once uh once they open up they got to be open the border pretty soon yeah what's the story with that i thought it was all open now because that's how i'm getting home without quarantine are you uh, yeah so adelaide south australia to new south wales probably all sweet but i think queensland's yeah. still pretty much keeping everyone out for the time being oh true yeah so yeah yeah no worries um thanks for having me and let us know when you're down riding Go yeah dude yeah no nah, i'm keen It'd be sick to get get the tour and maybe i'll um maybe i'll try and get a fucking e-bike as well that's the other thing about yeah. e-bikes is like i can actually go for a ride with you and have fun yeah 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 dino always oh dino actually rides the e-bike with his buddies that ride normal bikes but it should be the other way around <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i rode but yeah i've rode with him like he because he's got the two e-bikes and i rode with oh, him yeah. uh when he come and did the podcast we went we got lost as fuck in the ring but um yeah we did that e-bike thing and yeah it's pretty rad because you can actually like keep up with somebody that that rides a lot yeah that, yeah that's that's how i still that guy that i um told you i was working with timbo he comes on training rides with me still sometimes on his e-bike and like yeah. up the hills, I'm like just slogging, trying to keep up with him. And he's just like cruising along. Telling you his so, life story. Yeah. And like normally like I couldn't go on a training ride with him because I can't, it's a training ride. You've got to go a certain pace. So with the e-bike, yeah, it just makes it so we can still ride together. Yeah. Well, I'll try and get one up and, and, um, and yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a sick little weekend, maybe camp at the island and, uh, not hit some jumps together. Yeah, sounds good, man. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Catch you, mate. All right, see you, bud.